Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. In today's episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast, we are going to dive into the fear of visibility, especially fear of making ourselves visible online, but also offline, and probably the unexpected reasons or the reasons you've never heard of before of why we have the fear in the first place. So visibility fears is such an important topic because no amount of willpower will be enough to get us to be visible if there is a greater force or subconscious mind that is holding us back. And most importantly, visibility, and especially going live or doing videos and showing up consistently online is one of the biggest and fastest ways to grow an online business, to create that deep connection with our audience that they need to build a no like trust factor, and eventually, if it's right, to invest in one of your programs. So let's jump right into it. So here are three reasons or three factors why people develop fears of visibility that not many people are talking about. So something we need to understand before we go through these three factors or through these three variables is that our subconscious mind runs at least 95% of the show while our conscious mind it's 5% and probably less, right? It's probably 97 or 98 and 2 or 3%. That means that even if we consciously want to do something and we really try hard and we have a lot of willpower, if there is this greater force or for some reason our subconscious mind is not on board, is it possible? Yes. Is it going to be very, very difficult? Yes, right? If our subconscious mind for some reason that probably is hiding uh, below the surface, thinks that visibility is not safe, or that visibility is not something it wants, well, no amount of willpower or no amount of conscious trying will be successful at overriding that in the long term. It can work for a few times or it can, we can actually get ourselves to do it. But the problem with that is that when we force ourselves or when we willpower ourselves into doing something, it's actually pretty exhausting, right? We feel that we don't have energy. We feel that we start procrastinating because part of us knows how tedious and exhausting it's going to be. And the entire process becomes just painful, just plain painful. And then the least we want to do it. And then it's a vicious circle. So the mind has one job and that job is to keep us alive. That is, in a nutshell, what our subconscious mind and one, what different part of our brain wants for us is that to keep us alive. And then its second job is to keep us safe. This means that anything that our subconscious mind or part of the reptilian brain, anything that is associated with any type of danger or any type of threat is going to be avoided at all cost by our mind. So typical example, uh, way back when, when we were cavemen and we lived in, in little communities, our mind really hated what is unfamiliar or what is new, right? Because when we ventured out of the cave to get food, for example, if it was a new environment, 
while there was a threat that some tiger or wolf could jump out of nowhere and kill us. And that's why there is a very, very, very powerful response in our mind to avoid anything that's unfamiliar and to avoid the unknown. Our mind would rather keep us safe in a situation that sucks rather than venture out in the unknown, even if that unknown is ultimately better because it's unknown. So it doesn't know what to expect and it feels like a wolf could jump out of behind a tree and kill us. That's basically how it works in our mind. And the way how that relates to visibility is that if at any point during our life, our brain associated visibility with danger, it will do whatever it can to prevent us from going there. And I'm going to give you examples so you can really understand how how this dynamic happens. I've had quite a few clients who had fears uh, of visibility. And each time they tell me like, I don't know why I'm not doing it. I know I need to be present on social media or I know that what I'm offering is a great service, but I just, I can't even get myself to talk about it. Public speaking is horrendous. I feel so uncomfortable and I don't want to go on social media even though I know I should, or even though it would, I know it would really help my business. So there is this basically as if two parts of our mind were competing and one knows that that's what we need and that would be very positive for us, but the other one just refuses to go there. And what I've seen with some of my one-on-one clients is that let's just say that as a kid or as a teenager or whatever, we had very strict parents who were either angry or bossy or who tends to be either verbally or physically aggressive, then right there, right then, in our mind at whatever age we were, there is already this association that if we are visible, if we are in the way, we might get in trouble or we might get negative consequences, right? So if we had a mom or a dad or a sibling that had a tendency to come home and be in a bad mood bad mood because they had a terrible day at work, we knew back then that it was better to be in our room or be as invisible as possible at that moment to avoid backlash, to avoid getting screamed at, or to avoid some sort of uncomfortable situation. And when you are five or seven or 13, your mind processes information differently than when we are adults. And that's because at that age, our brain is in a different brainwave state than it is when we are adults, which means that between ages roughly, right? But between ages zero to seven, sometimes later zero to 10, we spend a lot of time in what is called alpha brainwave, which is a pattern where our mind can latch on and can remember information extremely easily. Now that is awesome, right? Because when we are very young kids, or even infants or toddlers or babies, when we learn how to walk, we want to make sure that our mind can memorize that program and then reproduce it again and again. So we only have to learn to walk once in the same way we only have to learn the alphabet once and then it's just there and we can remember it. Or we only have to learn how to walk once or to learn a new language once and then it's there. So that mechanism in our mind that has this ability to memorize information very fast and then never forget it 
is amazing for many, many things. Otherwise, each time we woke up, we would have to learn how to drive all over again, and that would be impossible. However, that mechanism is not so great when we have information that is interpreted by our mind in a way that is not empowering. So typically, if we are a kid and we have parents who tend to be aggressive or a bit angry or a bit bossy, the message that we get is that they are right, we are wrong, and that we'd better be quiet or we better not make ourselves too visible. Otherwise, they're going to get angry or they might yell and scream. And that message that we get in our mind at such a young age stays there. It's not going anywhere, even though our circumstances can be completely different years later, right? Maybe we don't live with our parents anymore, and probably not. Or even if we do, we just aren't afraid of them uh, in the same way than when we were kids. Or maybe now we have a very supportive partner or very supportive friends, and we actually don't have that problem at all. However, in our mind, it's like a program on a computer. Like you enter code in a computer, and the computer is going to run that program unless we remove the code or we change the code. And that's the same with our mind. So if at four or five, we have the thought and we have an emotion associated to it because the higher the emotion, the more powerful the thought. If we have a thought in our five-year-old mind that says, it's better that I stay in my room or it's better that daddy or mommy doesn't see me, that can create a massive visibility block or visibility fears even though our circumstances could be completely different when we get older. So that's one of the scenarios or one of the variables I saw in many, many clients. So they didn't have a like traumatic childhood, but they had either a parent or a sibling or someone in the family who was pretty present, who, who tended to be aggressive or not in a very good mood. And it just was better to be quiet or not to be around when that person was there. Then another one of these uh, aspects is, of course, if one of our parents was physically violent or anyone in our family was physically violent, whether that was when we were kids or later on in life. Uh, unfortunately, I've, I've had quite a few clients. I met quite a few people who grew up in, a, in, an, in an environment like that or who had an abusive partner. And of course, now the response in our mind is even greater than the example we just mentioned, because it's an immediate threat to our survival. Our mind, for, for our mind, when someone is physically abusive, it's a threat to our survival. And our mind's job, as we said before, is to protect us at all costs and protect us against anything that could threaten our survival. So when there's a scenario when one of the parents or a partner or a sibling or whoever was physically violent, then there is this extra, super, ultra strong message in our mind and it creates a pattern, it creates a blueprint, it becomes a very powerful program that says you cannot be visible. When you're visible, you get hit, you get hurt, your survival is at risk, so you need to be invisible. And even if social media is completely different, right? There is no huge risk on just posting a post on social media. Our mind doesn't see the difference. For our mind, social media equals visibility, and visib visibility equals super massive danger. So it doesn't analyze the information. It doesn't do a comparative analysis. It's just a complete no-go. And I've seen this quite often. 
unfortunately, with wonderful clients or wonderful people in my audience who are completely freaked out about visibility. They just can't do it. They will even sabotage opportunities where they could be visible. So for example, magazines or people reaching out to write an article about them and they never answer to the person or they procrastinate or they sabotage the opportunity because in their mind, it's just, it's an absolute no-go. Their mind doesn't want to go there again ever. Luckily, you can change that and you can actually change that pretty easily by understanding the mechanism because once you can observe a program, the program can no longer run you. So even getting this understanding, for example, if you're listening to this episode today and you can relate to that information and part of you is like, hey, holy guacamole, when I was younger, that's kind of what happened. You already have a level of of awareness that wasn't there before and just the awareness is powerful enough to break some of the program. If it's not powerful enough to break all of the program, for example, a hypnosis recording or subconscious modalities or energetic work or journaling or things that can really help us alleviate those those situations uh, and make us understand that we are no longer in danger. And then the third third aspect of all of this brain associate visibility with danger that I've seen with either people in my audience or people I've talked with or clients also is if you are or if someone around you has fear of visibility is in a community that's minority or a community that wasn't treated well depending on where you live, etc. So we had uh, in Switzerland when I was a kid we had a lot of refugees from different countries that were either at war or civil war, and they had had a lot of traumatic experiences, right? And even the families that did not have those traumatic experiences, they still came to Switzerland where they did not speak the language. It was a very unfamiliar environment. And unfortunately, some of the Swiss citizens who were a bit more conservative, they didn't really like all of these foreigners coming into the country and made them understand that they were like a community or a minority that shouldn't be there. So even though nothing terrible, and I say terrible quote unquote happened, those people, and some of them were in my class, like really, really nice people, they knew that they belonged to a minority and that other people did not want them to be there. I've also talked with a wonderful lady from the USA who's black. And she told me like, listen, where I lived uh, in my town, like, you know, black people were not really accepted or it was still like a thing where you would get stared at or you would get snide remarks when you went to the supermarket. So that's another example of if you're part of either a minority or part of a community that for whatever reason, other people didn't like or made remarks on or were just nasty to, that's also one of these mechanisms that say, hey, I shouldn't be visible. Like visibility is just not just not a good thing for me. And even if that was the case when you were a kid or a teenager and now you have moved, or that's not the case at all today, it doesn't matter because the program is still in our mind at a very young age, right? My dad is Austrian. And his family moved to Switzerland when he was five, I think five or seven. And even though Austria and Switzerland are countries like neighboring countries, they share a border, 
a lot of Swiss people were like, hey, just go back to freaking Austria. Like you have nothing to do here. But they would make fun of his parents because they didn't speak French yet. And that is more than enough to create a pattern in our mind that says, hey, visibility is completely like, don't be visible, be as discreet as possible. Don't make yourself the center of attention because when you do, bad stuff happens or um, unpleasant stuff happens. So that's the third aspect of all of this brain-associated visibility with danger or with unpleasant stuff happening. So that's our point number one. And I have kind of talked about it for quite a while, but it is so, so important. The problem with that aspect that we just mentioned is that even if the, the situation or the problem is gone, right? So even if that person who is violent is no longer there, but even if now you've moved to a place where you have an amazing community and people love you, or even if, I don't know, you had a bully at your old job, but now your new job, everyone is re- really wonderful. The program is still there in our mind until we become aware of it and until we deal with it. And it's going to keep playing and saying, hey, no visibility for you. We don't want that, even though social media is completely different than those circumstances or those events that happened earlier, right? Our mind doesn't make a difference, doesn't see a difference between social media or a violent parent. For your mind, social media is visibility, violent parent was also a visibility thing, so visibility is bad, the end. Now let's dive into the second aspect, is rejection. And rejection is also one of these things, like the reason why rejection hurts for everybody, not for just some people, no one likes rejection, is because again, it's a DNA thing, it's a reptilian brain thing that when, way back when, we were cavemen, here we go again with the caveman example, uh, where we lived in really small communities, if we got rejected from that community, if we were an outcast, or if, I don't know, the villagers didn't like us anymore and we got kicked out of the village, the most likely outcome would be death, right? Because we needed that community and we needed the protection of being several individuals living together to be able to not only survive, but also thrive instead of being alone and an outcast. So there is this very powerful thing that goes on in our mind that says rejection must be avoided at all costs. And obviously, we know that when we go online, there is a possibility that someone will say something and that will be a form of rejection and our mind hates rejection. And especially with all of the influencers that we see getting so much hate and whatever they do, someone will troll them, right? And it's not because they're wrong or they're right. It's because some people have nothing better to do than go troll other people. We have this fear, like, what if I make myself visible? What if I I go online? What if I do live videos or I post content? And I get that. And of course, we don't want that. So there's this big fear of rejection or it's going to be seen or we might interpret it as a confirmation that we don't know enough. And that circles back to the imposter syndrome aspect of it, that if we have imposter syndrome and if we have thoughts running in our mind that say, well, what if I don't know enough? Or what if everybody already knows what I'm about to say? Or what if my content is just not that interesting? 
or I'm a fraud, or I don't know enough, if we already have these fears and these thoughts, well, obviously, it's going to be pretty hard to make ourselves visible because we are worried that if we do, and we do post content, and we do make ourselves visible, that there is that one person who's going to say, hey, your content sucks, or hey, I don't agree with your last post, or hey, this is a bunch of BS. And obviously, that's something we want to avoid because then they would be right, right? They would confirm, and I say confirm, quote unquote, that we don't know enough or that we are actually a fraud. And that situation would be very painful. So we'd rather not make ourselves too visible and not go on social media or not post any content because at least we can kind of stay in our safe zone or a safe bubble where we don't get rejected or where we can't really get that confirmation that we are indeed a fraud, even if we're not, right? That's just imposter syndrome talking. So our brain thinks that it's safer to stay where we are instead of taking the risk of going out there, posting something, and then getting negative feedback that would confirm our deepest fears that maybe we don't even want to admit out loud that we are not good enough or that we don't know enough. And that would be so painful that our brain is like, nope, no social media for you. You're just going to stay hidden in the safety of your living room. And the interesting thing is with this is that our brain, our mind is kind of trading one pain for the other, right? So it's saying, no, we don't want rejection. That's too painful. So we're just going to, to stay here in the comfort of invisibility and no one seeing us. But that's also painful because we are preventing ourselves from growing our business. We are preventing other people who really need our services from finding us. And that's painful too. And that can be a very good reframe of kind of telling your mind, hey, thank you very much for trying to protect me. And thank you very much for holding me back. But actually being stuck in this position where I'm not visible and I can't really grow my business the way I want it, that is even more painful. And I've had quite a few people who had an aha moment just seeing things like that and who said, okay, well, actually not doing anything sucks more than doing something and, and getting negative feedbacks. So I might as well do it. And if someone is not happy, well, I'll deal with it later. So that is a second aspect of your mind hates rejection. So it will avoid at all cost any situation that might get you some rejection or where you might get rejected. But then again, it's important to understand that we're just trading one pain for the other and that actually the likelihood that someone says something nasty or makes a nasty comment is actually very low. And sometimes we are biased by seeing influencers or people we look up to getting a lot of hate on their social media platforms. But it's actually very unlikely that we would get that hate on much smaller accounts or accounts that are not like influencer accounts and, and, and where we just talk about our passion, our niche, and our services. So that's something that's super important to acknowledge. And remember is that it's actually very unlikely that, that someone would take the time to post a nasty comment on your social media platform. It's possible, of course, but it's pretty unlikely. Last but not least for this visibility thing is lack of practice. And one of the examples I really like to, to use is we all remember that first day at school or that first day at work. 
And we were probably stressed, probably a bit anxious, wondering how it was going to go. And what if I don't meet any new colleagues or new friends? And what if I end up all alone and it's awful? And then we kind of play this horror movie in our mind. The thing is that we don't have a choice, right? First day of school is first day of school and we have to be there. Exact same thing with our first day of work. We just landed a job. We kind of have to go there. So we do because we have no other choice, even though it's very uncomfortable. The thing with social media is that we have this fear just because it's new, but because we kind of have a choice to delay taking action, like nothing terrible is going to happen if we don't post on Monday, right? Whereas if you don't show up to your first day at work or your first day at school, something bad's going to happen. So since we have a choice to kind of delay doing it, we do. But then the more we delay it, then the less we want to do it. And then the more the horror story develops in our mind, and it's just a vicious circle and downward spiral. So just lack of practice could be creating this fear. And if we just do it, even though we don't feel ready and we're still a bit scared, just like we went to that first day at school because we didn't have a choice, you do it once, you do it twice, you do it three, five, 10 times, and then no big deal. You actually realize that posting on social media or going live, even though it was a bit nerve wracking the first times, is actually not that much of a big deal. And it's much easier than you thought it would be. So that's the third thing on visibility fears. It's pure lack of practice and that's it. And again, you know, your mind doesn't like what is unfamiliar and what is new. So it will kind of create these fears or this these second thoughts. But that's a natural thing. It's the same thing with anything that's unfamiliar, where we are probably not going to jump in with both feet. Uh, but the that problem can solve itself by just doing it before you feel ready, giving it one, two, five, ten days in a row. And you'll see that after those 10 days, you feel so, 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 so much better And what used to be a problem has just become a non-problem. It solves itself. You don't really need to do anything special apart from taking that first step. Now, I also want to uh, quickly go have a quick talk on people who judge or people who leave mean comments or mean remarks or DM you with a bunch of nasty stuff. So what we need to understand is that only hurt people hurt other people. It's a pretty famous quote, hurt people, hurt people. So when someone says something that is negative or that is unkind, that is not kind on any of your posts or social media platforms or whatever that might be, it's because they feel bad, right? It's because they are themselves hurt. It's because something is going on in their life that is not positive and it's actually never ever about you but it's about them it's either because they are unhappy because they have their own limiting beliefs because they're having a bad day maybe they got bad news and very often when we talk about i don't know let's just say that someone posts a video or a post on exercise for building muscle or building strength or a three three step model to to, to do push-ups or whatnot, right? And someone says, oh, that's complete nonsense. It doesn't work or says something mean like that. Odds are that either that person has tried that and it didn't work and it left them feeling like a failure or feeling bad, or maybe it's not coherent with their belief system. Maybe they hate push-ups for whatever reason. 
Maybe they had a horrible personal trainer who traumatized them about push-ups, or maybe they just don't believe that anyone should be able to do push-ups, whatever that might be. It's about their values, their experience, their beliefs, and not about you, right? Or not about whoever posted that, that piece of content. So that's a very significant thing to understand, that people who actually take the time to say something mean on the content you posted and who don't have enough respect towards you to address this privately. So to send you like a kind and respectful message saying, hey, I respectfully disagree with what you said on your Facebook or Instagram or whatever post, that is okay, right? We can all agree to disagree or we can all have different views. But someone who doesn't take the time or who's not respectful enough to address that privately and who just goes on one of your platforms and says a bunch of rude and mean stuff, those people don't feel good about themselves. Or you just, the content triggered something. Maybe they had bad experience about that in the past, but ultimately it's not about you. It's about them. And it's so important not to give your power away to this very small minority of people who don't feel good about themselves because you deserve to have a successful business. You can have a business that's as successful as you want or a career that is as successful as you want. And it's not okay to give all of your power to those people and to even let these people that hypothetically might never appear on any of your platforms, right? To give them the power to actually dictate, because that's kind of what we're doing, to dictate your future life or whether you're going to have an online business and whether or not you're going to have more freedom, more fulfillment, and more money for yourself and your family. And when we see it that way, it's again, you know, trading one pain for the other. Just because we don't want the pain of someone saying something mean, we hold ourselves back, we don't show up on social media, but the result of that is that we can't grow our business or that we can't increase our income or that we can't pay college for our kids or that we can't take that dream vacation that we've always wanted to take. And when you think about it in those terms, it's just not worth it. It's really not. And if someone, if someone is having a bad day and has to say something mean on your content once, you can just block them. You can remove the, the comment. And of course, it's not pleasant, but it's not about you. It's about them. And you have a choice not to let it in and to just acknowledge, okay, they said that just because they said it doesn't mean it's true. doesn't mean anything about me. And it certainly won't prevent me from building my dream or for getting, from getting all of the fulfillment I want to get out of my successful business or my career or inspiring others. And it's not going to st stop me from putting content out there that are, is truly going to help people who need to hear that, right? Connecting with these people that we are trying to help, that we're trying to inspire is also so significant because one post could reach 10, 20, 100, 1,000 people whose day would be better thanks to that post or thanks to that video that you're going to release. But we're stopping ourselves from doing that and positively impacting these people because of one hypothetical person that might or might not say something mean, right? And another thing that is super helpful in terms of Becoming indifferent really to what other people think or say is believing in what you do so much that you actually don't care about other people's opinion, right? And then it really becomes just something about preferences. So let's just say 
my example is what I absolutely believe to be true and what I absolutely believe in is that our subconscious mind is infinitely powerful and that once we can use our subconscious mind and remove limiting beliefs, basically sky is the limit, right? We can build the life and business of our dreams. We can make our vision board a reality and we can find that happiness and freedom. So that's what I absolutely believe to be true, that the subconscious mind is the fastest way using the power of the subconscious mind is the fastest way to get there. And no one can unconvince me of that. So even if someone profoundly disagrees with this, or says, oh, imposter syndrome doesn't exist. I've never heard of this or your content sucks. So I hated your last video. Okay, well, they have a right, right? They have a right not to agree with what I'm saying, but I don't really care because I believe, like you cannot unconvince me of what I'm doing. So then it just becomes a situation where that person likes strawberries and I like pineapple. We have different tastes, different preferences, different values, and that's completely okay. And just because he or she doesn't agree doesn't make me right or wrong. It just means we have different opinions and we really don't need to make a big deal out of it. So that is basically it for today's episode. I'm just going to summarize everything. So if you're busy or if you wanted to, wanted to take a few quick notes, then now is the time to do it. So the main three reasons, or the three unexpected reasons why we are afraid of visibility or why we just can't get ourselves to post that post despite all of the willpower in the world is number one, our brain associates visibility with danger, whether that's parents who used to yell and scream or people around us who were physically violent, or if we were part of a minority or a community that got bullied or persecuted, our mind says, hey, being visible, being out there is dangerous. So that's reason number one. And obviously, obviously your mind will do everything it can to avoid going there. Number two is wanting to avoid rejection. And again, our subconscious mind is wired to avoid rejection. And part of us is afraid that if we do make ourselves visible, if we do post that post, if we do go live, some people will say stuff, will disagree, and then will feel or get rejected. Or that even worse, they might confirm our deepest fears that we are not good enough, or that we are a fraud, or that our content sucks, or whatever limiting belief might be running in the background. And number three, actually pretty simple, is pure lack of practice. So we haven't ever done it. So it sounds really unfamiliar, very uncomfortable. And our mind doesn't like what's unfamiliar and uncomfortable. So it's giving us a bunch of thoughts and horror movies in our mind. But it's actually almost a non-problem, pure lack of practice. And the easiest way of tackling that is just doing it before we feel ready. Do it once, twice, five times, 10 times, and then it becomes your new normal. And the visibility fears basically dissolves themselves. And quick note on people who judge or having that fear that people are going to say something mean, only hurt people hurt other people. So even if someone does say something that is not kind or mean or vicious, it's about them. It's not about you. They're having a bad day. They have their own limiting beliefs. Maybe someone was very rude to them and their way of dealing with it is being rude to other people. Whatever it is, it's about them. It's not about you. And at the end of the day, it's absolutely not worth it to hold yourself back and stop yourself from building that dream life that you know you can have, 
just for someone who might or might not say something mean. So that was it. I hope that this episode was helpful. And if you do want to get rid of imposter syndrome and fear directly at the subconscious level, so without having to willpower through the process, I have an amazing hypnosis recording. It's completely free. Uh, You can see it in the show notes. The link will be there and it will basically rewire your mind to let go of limiting beliefs, let go of imposter syndrome, and instead make you feel empowered to take action, to step into the fear and make you feel like you deserve to have exactly what you want. It's amazing. So many people have, have downloaded it already. So thank you very much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.